Hello and welcome you guys to another fresh episode of Success Decoded, a podcast series focused on startups and entrepreneurship, which looks to uncover the facts, myths, and secrets about the Indian startup ecosystem, one entrepreneur at a time. Social impact and entrepreneurship are values deeply rooted within the Indian culture, with brands such as Amul and Fab India solving some of the most pressing problems in Indian context with their strong business model. In today's episode, we have Mr. Roshan Karthik, an innovator and startup entrepreneur who's also the co-founder of Earth Focus, a startup striving to make the world a better place through its products. So, hi Roshan. Uh, hi Manan. Um, thank you for having me on this uh, podcast. It's okay. really great to be a part of this podcast and I've been following Startup Monk for a while and uh, I really love the work that you guys do. Thanks uh, a lot. So Roshan, uh, tell us a bit about your startup. How did the idea come up to you guys, and what was the exact story behind you know coming up with such an unusual startup in the first place? Yeah, sure, sure. I'd be happy to do that. So Earth Focus was uh, never meant to be a company or a, a startup or anything. Uh, the idea didn't come to us actually. So uh, my business partner, his name is Arun. So he had uh, one of his neighbors. who is very conscious about uh, you know uh, how much water is being wasted at home she is very conscious about the plastic waste that uh, goes out she ensures that every plastic generated from a house is being recycled properly uh, she doesn't waste paper or everything she is very conscious about uh, the environment so when she spoke to arun about uh, the water that's being wasted from her taps in the kitchen and the restrooms so she told she requested him can you just do a solution for my house so and since arun has a, a background in automobile engineering hmm. he knows a little bit about fluid dynamics and uh, how to work on cad and all that okay. that's how it started off so earth focus was uh, started off as a home project for one of arun's uh, neighbors um, and then he he came up with a very crude prototype of the the nozzle that you see today and then when he fitted it in his uh, neighbor's house the people who came uh, and used the product they were like this is really good we didn't expect you know you can do so yeah. much with with so much this less water you're saving a lot of water and then when he got that feedback and he approached his college professors they were like yeah you can definitely you know try selling this uh, making a company out of it whatever it is yeah. so that's when uh, one of arun's college professors he connected arun to Uh, a senior uh, uh, an mtech student who is more well versed in uh, these autocad drawings and all that okay. that's when from the crude prototype that they had developed they started refining the product uh, and i was working somewhere else when this was happening so th- the idea didn't come to me i'm not the innovator of the product i i just take care of uh, the business side of things okay so when when arun spoke to me about the product uh, i was really impressed with it i i went to his house used the product and saw I absolutely fell in love with it. So that's when I decided okay, I I've always been wanting to do something with my life. Uh, I've always wanted to be an entrepreneur. Hmm. So that's when I quit my job uh, and then I came on board as the co-founder of Earth Focus. Hmm. We did more, more refinements in the product. Uh, we uh, found a manufacturer. We started uh, giving the products to our first circle, hmm. uh, getting their feedback, working on the product again. and once we were satisfied with the uh, final product that we had that's when we decided to go to the market so uh, roshan what was the uh, idea behind this unusual name earth focus 
like uh, how did this name come up and uh, how did you guys decide to uh, go ahead with this name like what was the story so earth focus is uh, it's basically land water and air we want to do come out with solutions that you know help uh, solutions for problems that affect the environment not just water so yeah. for water our our first solution are these nozzles the water saving nozzles but we do have a lot of solutions that that are in the pipeline for something related to land pollution air pollution plastic waste recycling plastics things like that mm. so earth focus is land water and air so our solutions are a combination of one or uh, maybe two or three or, as well that's the whole thing behind earth focus so uh, roshan what exactly are the current products that you guys are offering under the earth focus umbrella what are the various kinds of products and who is the audience for both like uh, is it just catering to the consumer side of like uh, audiences or is it also catering to the say b2b or maybe corporate clientele as well yeah so we have two products right now uh, both are water saving nozzles that attach to your taps okay. so one is quamist and the other is ecomist quamist is something that is suitable in your homes for domestic purposes hmm. uh it comes with a dual flow switch option where you can just twist the cap and if you want a little bit more water like for example to wash your dishes or something okay. you can just twist the cap to get a little bit more water so that you can even do things like washing your dishes and all that with eco mist the that's the tamper proof model hmm. it fits entirely inside the tap hmm. so this is very ideal for commercial spaces public spaces uh, office restrooms and all that So these two are our products right now. With Quamis, we deal with the B two C segment. With Ecomist, we deal with the B two B segment, which includes a lot of IT companies, corporates, and all that. So, as you rightly mentioned, that you have a corporate clientele uh, as well, apart from the consumer product. So, what exactly are the challenges that uh, you know, basically, when you are trying to sell your product to say? Fortune 500 company or maybe some corporate client. So, what are the challenges? Uh, you know, when when the client doesn't approach you and you guys have to just go ahead and sell your own product. So, what challenges does one face uh, when, especially in the case of hardware products? Yeah, sure. So, uh, there is one common challenge that I uh, we've been facing with both the products, both Quamist and Ecomist, and that is with the mindset of people. Hmm. um so we are very used to you know whenever we open our taps we are very used to seeing the full gush of water and we don't realize that uh, we waste so much of it every time we use our taps so that is one common issue uh, uh that we face an issue that we had to tackle because we had to convince people saying that you know the water that you're getting with our products installed hmm. is enough to wash your hands or wash your dishes or whatever it is but getting that mindset trained is was one big challenge that we had to take care of um and coming to uh, the the b2b segment the some of the common challenges are in terms of product uh, is our product is priced on the on the little bit on the higher side mm. so there are other uh, products that uh, save maybe 50 60 70% water and uh, their price much cheaper than our product so mm. our product is priced at uh, ecomist is priced at 550 rupees and the reason for the pricing is because it's made up of brass let's say brass uh, we we didn't want to get into uh, making things out of plastic because it's again we are generating we are plastic waste mm. when we use plastic so uh, getting uh, people to convince that you know this product it will last you a good 
uh, last you longer than the plastic product because plastics will crumble with the salt water that we have. Hmm. Uh, convincing uh, the B2B clients on that was difficult. Convincing them on uh, the life of the product was uh, a challenge for us. Getting them to agree on the price point was a challenge for us. So these were some of the challenges that we faced. But then the response has been really good. Hmm. Uh, so what we do is we just leave a sample piece with the client. And then we just say, okay, just fit it in your restroom, get the feedback from the, the people who use it. I'm sure they'll definitely like it. And that's how it has been. So we just leave a sample product with the client. Uh, and then after after two weeks or uh, two weeks, three weeks, they give us a call back saying, that, okay, you know, our employees like the product. We would like to install it in all the uh, taps in our, in our uh, office. So let's go ahead with that. Uh, so, as you rightly mentioned that you guys were just fresh out of college and into new jobs when uh, this idea came along. So, since your your startup idea is something that is very capital in- intensive, so uh, how did you overcome the challenges of, you know, logistics and finding the right kind of place or maybe say a factory or laboratory to test out your products? So, how did that happen? Yeah, sure. So, um, initially, when we had to do a little bit of getting the prototypes developed or something, it was uh, just the, our friends and family who uh, supported us financially, and we also we were very frugal with uh, with our uh, expenditures. So we didn't we didn't just we took our time to find out a person who can manufacture who was who's ready to work with us because since we are a very young company, we would probably be doing we were just doing a handful of units each time. So we needed to find someone who, who was comfortable with that who with that who was ready to take that risk along with us. That took a lot of time for us. We spent about uh, I mean I used to sit on India Mart every day going through these manufacturers, seeing what their uh, prices were, meeting them, you know, convincing them to we'll be starting slow, but then as time progresses, we'll ensure that the order quantities are high so that even your uh, profit margins are taken care of. That was another huge challenge that we faced. We we spent about four months. In uh, on India Mart and uh, in and around Chennai, we went to a lot of uh, cities outside Chennai to source manufacturers. Uh, all this took about six months. And we've been cheated also uh, by a few people who just took our money uh, and then they gave us defective products in the end. But all our, our focus was on to get the product out to the market. Uh, so, uh, uh, Roshan, what has been uh, like? the common challenges in terms of hiring like you rightly said right now that uh, you guys weren't having uh, a lot of people you found people after a lot of work that you guys put in uh, like surfing over the internet and all so yes. uh, what was initial stage in the initial stages how how difficult was it to hire people like who were of the same mindset as yours? Yeah, so initially uh, myself and Arun were taking care of all the work including uh, I used to visit the manufacturing site every day, every day. Uh, as the products were coming out I used to manually test each product and then I used, I take I took care of shipping whereas Arun on the other hand was you know handling uh, was answering emails I used to answer customer calls so we were all over the place uh, initially who had been following me for quite a while and then when I told him, you know, we are looking for someone to uh, take care of some of the uh, sales part of it which is responding to calls and customer emails. So that's when we hire a first person. 
uh, his name is Mr. Shakil. And then uh, since we've been expanding, uh, I am someone who is very particular about maintaining the culture of the organization. Hmm. So what we do is uh, even when we have someone come for the uh, for an interview or anything. So once the interview is done, I I just tell them, you know, why don't you spend the day with in our office, see how we work, get to know the people over there, see if you if the vibe is something that you really match to, um, because only then can he be at least sort of sure that okay, this culture is something that I really vibe with. Because we don't we are very very informal organization. We don't have a sir culture. Uh, we wear anything we want uh, when we come to work. So that's something that a lot lot a lot of people are very used to. Uh, so. I really want the culture to be fairly informal so that's something I'm very particular about and whenever we hire someone we make sure that the culture of the organization is uh, absolutely so Roshan uh, I heard about this technology that you guys are using at uh, Earth Focus which is something called as atomization could you just elaborate upon it at length and explain what exactly is that whole procedure about so atomization is basically breaking down a one drop hmm. of water hmm. into n number of droplets okay so the reason why we do this is because water has this property called surface tension hmm. and because of this property the water molecules tend to come together hmm. so in a regular tap when your flow is when, when the flow is coming out the water that falls in your hand forms a lot of layers um, and major of these layers does not do the cleaning at all hmm. it's just the one or two layers that are contact with your, that are in contact with your skin Mm-hmm. They are only they do the cleaning. The rest of the layers are just washed down as waste. When you when it comes to atomization, when you break this one drop of water droplet into n number of droplets, you get a more effective use of the water. Mm-hmm. So only this one or two layers of water is formed in your hand. So you get a, and there's a huge area that is also covered. The circumference of the water that it's it's going to, the output is going to be of a, a conical shape. So there's a larger area surface area covered. So you get a more effective hand wash because you just get this one or two layers of water and there's a larger surface area. So mm-hmm. your ha- let's say if you're washing your hand, a larger part of the hand gets wet. If you're washing a plate, a larger part of the plate gets uh, wet. So this is how you get a more effective and efficient hand wash with atomization. And some common places where you see this atomization is uh, in your garden nozzles where, you know, if it's a huge amusement park or anything, if it's a huge park, uh, and if it's a lawn or there's a lawn, you you might have seen these uh, water sprinklers that uh, sprinkle water throughout the grass. So that is that is also achieved through atomization. Even I think uh, the perfume bottles that you use inside it's a liquid, and when you press the knob on top, it comes out as a spray. That is also a, a form of atomization. Uh, so, uh, uh, Roshan, I also was going through uh, some tweets. Uh, last night uh, on your own Instagram and uh, even the Twitter accounts. Uh, so I saw that Kiran Mazumdar Shah, who's the founder of Biocon, is, is someone who actually uh, tweeted about your startup. So how did this thing happen and have you had any conversations with uh, this person in terms of, you know, uh, raising an investment or maybe a funding round or something like that? Um, yeah, I did see the tweet, but uh, I I've even uh, spoken to the person as of yet. So the how how this whole thing happened was because we had an article published in the Hindu newspaper. Yeah, yeah. So um, and because of that, uh, 
we got a lot of uh, a lot of other people started approaching us we got uh, press coverage from a lot of other channels like ndtv news 18 even a few uh, blogs like the better india they wrote an article about us so all this is created a small buzz which is probably because and in terms of raising investments we are not currently not looking for uh, investments right at, at the moment because uh, of the cash flow that is coming in it is sufficient at the moment but we are looking to expand in the, in the next 3 uh, to 4 months which is when we be, we will be looking for investments and about a month back we were incubated with uh, iit madras as well so yeah so uh when we come out with uh, other products other solutions to help us with our uh, research engineering and r&d so we thought it would be a really great collaborative opportunity for us to be incubated with iit madras so uh, roshan what the size of the team currently and what positions or designations do the team members have uh so uh, our team size is about uh, 13 people right now uh, arun is the founder and the co-founder mohammad shakil he takes care of sales uh we have another person divya she takes care of the operations and then our production is uh you know outsourced to a person but i monitor the production over there our marketing is uh, again outsourced to a firm and then we have a bunch of people who just go around basically uh, field uh, we have few people on the field so if a company requests a demo we we send the our field agents to go to the demo give out a sample small testing facility in our uh, in our office where we ensure each and every product is tested out before we ship it so we ensure that that's the quality that uh, so roshan every house has a different water pressure depending upon uh, whether it is the restroom or the kitchen so yes uh, what is the customization that goes into creating products for say every home as we say in india is unique uh, with every yes. second home that you are going to go into uh, you you'll find something which is completely different from the first one that you went into so how yes. is the customization process like for like for a particular household what is the uh, process that you adopt um so um i when we, when i spoke about atomization i told you it's breaking down on one drop to achieve this there is a minimum pressure that is required hmm. so when places where uh Uh, things like a pressure pump or a booster pump is installed uh, there will be absolutely no problem in terms of the performance of the nozzle because the pressure pump will ensure that there is a there's unique uniform pressure throughout the plumbing system in places where there is no pressure pump or booster pump we recommend about uh, 30 feet height from the tap to the tank so that uh, sufficient gravitational pressure is there for our products to work effectively and again we are working on ironing out this uh, whole pressure issue where we are trying to come out with a variation in the nozzle where it will work even if the pressure is very low because that's where we want to be we want our nozzles to be on every tap probably in the world so uh, as uh, i have read extensively about earth focus so uh, you guys actually uh, found your first manufacturer that you could outsource uh, the work 8 months after uh, you had started operations So, uh, what exactly was uh, like journey all along? How did you keep your spirits high, and uh, how did you like uh, find the person uh, who eventually turned out to be uh, the manufacturer, first manufacturer of the company? So, so as I was telling you earlier, we spent about uh, initially we spent about six months 
on refining the product itself hmm. because we didn't uh, initially it was a very crude prototype and then we didn't want to just make some random changes to it and release the product wait for the feedback from people and then make changes again we we thought that we really time consuming so what we did is we spent about 6 months refining the product making changes to the design and everything hmm. uh, and whatever new prototypes that we got out we gave it to our immediate first circle and we told them to be absolutely brutally honest about their feedback so we ha- we got very honest feedback from the people we sent the products to and then with the feedback uh, that we got we made some again we made some changes to it uh, to the design and all of these was done in very small uh, tooling shops where uh, they work on very small projects like these there are a lot of uh, small small car tooling shops that work on uh, such very small projects uh, something like a college project if, you, if i can call it uh, again it's all it, it all it all comes to searching on india mart searching on google pulling where where i can do all these things and then when when they came to manufacturing we need to uh, ensure that the quality is maintained uh, you know the right machinery is uh, set up so when when i approach a manufacturer so i go and you know see i have a look at the products that he's making what are the quality standards that he's following and so on and so forth um, and then i i ask him to roll out a few samples for me uh, that can be anywhere from 50 to 100 samples so i test out each of the samples to see how the output is 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 that is the output uniform is there any defect in uh, machining all this was done manually by me just to ensure that you know when we go into production i uh, we can be ensured we can be sure assured that you know the quality is going to be maintained because when i go and without doing this due diligence of and then just randomly starting and then if i encounter these uh, problems after i start selling there's going to be a very huge problem for me to tackle so i thought before we start selling i will do all these due diligence uh, these quality checks myself to ensure that it meets the standards that we uh, that we promise so it took about 6 uh, to 8 months uh, in in the designing the i mean refining the product and then finding the manufacturer i was searching on india mart and just searching on google i went and knocked on lot of manufacturers doors i requested them you know to work with me i promised them that uh, i will get the you know once we start uh, selling your order the orders are going to keep increasing because there is going to be a demand for the product so we did land with one such manufacturer it's basically the whole story since you uh, mentioned that you have had clients like cognizant among others so how how did you approach them like uh, what was the sales pitch like when uh, you guys were um, you know in talks with them and uh, uh, what since you are the person that is currently like focused on the business side of things so what yes. are the important uh, aspects that an entrepreneur specifically in the renewable energy or maybe in the green tech or clean tech space uh, mm-hmm. is doing so uh, how should one clean tech entrepreneur sell their idea to say an investor maybe a client that that's having 500 million in the bank um so cognizant was not the first company that uh, approached us or me approaching them so i've been trying to through my known circle i've been trying to i've i've given a lot of pitches in different it companies it parks uh, 
but that time I didn't have. I just had Formist with me, the first product, which is not suitable for uh, in public spaces because uh, Ecomist is the tamper-proof version. Hmm. So I just had this one product with me. I used to go on a lot of pitches, and it didn't work out. So with Cognizant, how it happened was so we had an uh, article that got published in the New Indian Express. Uh, so someone from Cognizant uh, read the article, and then he called me for a demo. So when I went there again, I just had this one product with me, and then he was actually very, uh, you know, uh, on the point as to what the problem is, why this product will not sell in a B two B segment. So he told me that you need to make uh, uh, something of uh, something that will be suitable for the B two B segment, which is basically make it tamper proof. So that's when uh, when I got this feedback, it was really an eye opener for me. So I went back to Arun. I told him, you know, see, this is the feedback uh, that I've got from Cognizant, and this person really knows what he's talking about. So we again we uh, we worked on uh, making the changes to the design so that it it fits entirely into the tap. So not, nothing of the product is shown outside. It protrudes out from the tap. So we did this in a very quick span of time. We I requested him. I'll get back to you in one month's time. I got back to him in two. Two and a half weeks time, and then with, with the prototypes. So once we had the prototypes and we tested it out, we test we did a demo in Cognizant itself. You know, they were really impressed with the product in terms of the savings and everything. And then when they did a pilot program in just one building, in one facility, hmm. uh, they gave us a report saying that you know they save about seven thousand liters a day in this one building. So they were really impressed with the product, and that's when they decided to go. uh we want to prepare this for all our offices uh so uh, roshan uh, since um, you guys are from chennai and chennai yes. recently uh, had the worst of uh, uh droughts and water scarcity problems so how do you think moving forward uh, the clean tech um, and renewable uh, energy startups can uh, you know contribute in uh, having such kind of problems uh like providing uh what do you say the solution to such problems uh, and what role does uh, earth focus keep self playing in such a situation moving forward so um we have this uh we developed product even before there was a water scarcity in chennai hmm. so we didn't develop it because of the scarcity hmm. so uh initially there was a lot of uh, because again when only when there is a disaster do a lot of people do we you know think for okay, can need to do something about it hmm. so when there was uh, when there was no scarcity of water it was really hard for me to go and sell because they were like people were like you know i'm getting enough water hmm. uh, there's no scarcity there's not going to be a problem so i don't want a product okay. this was the response i used to keep getting but then when the water scarcity came uh, people this uh, they started approaching uh, earth focus uh, a lot of uh, companies as well because in a lot of companies they buy water uh, they pay for the water that they use so over there it was actually a return on investment for them because uh, in a lot of uh, uh, b2b sales that i've done i've had people tell me that uh, in a month where they buy 100 tanker lorries now they just buy maybe 12 or 13 tanker lorries so that's the savings that you're talking about in terms of money as well because you pay 
probably 4 to 6000 rupees for one tanker lorry when it comes to saving 80 tanker lorries the savings are really huge hmm. monetary as well and because of this uh, they really understand that as they keep using the product they they come to know that okay you know what this product is good uh, the uh, the amount of water that it gives is enough for me to wash my hands uh, hmm. carry out all the all washing my hands or you know washing my face whatever it is hmm. so this uh, sort of learning curve happened uh, in this water scarcity period so that's why uh, even though there is you know even if that's why they have all, all the uh, companies that we sold to they want to do a pan india uh, sales with us so this happens this happened because you know they understood that they basically learned that okay this product is what is this are the mindset that has been that has to be changed so that really worked both magically for us Uh, so uh, Roshan India uh, was 3 years ago ranked amongst the best countries to be a social entrepreneur by the Thomson Reuters foundation uh, ahead of China Australia and countries like Germany uh, at the 14th position since your startup is in the green tech or hardware product space what is your opinion on how the government can provide impetus to such startups uh, in the longer run like what can uh, be the methods or maybe and holding or incubation opportunities that uh, such government schemes can offer to stay a startup like yours to yes. grow further so yeah there are absolutely a lot of uh, uh, areas that you can explore in this hmm. so uh, there is this uh, government organization called the IGBC which is the Indian Green Building Council yeah so um, and each uh, uh, sector of so for example uh, i do something with water somebody does something with you know i save electricity in turn when you save electricity you reduce your carbon footprint as well so igbc has defined certain percentages for uh, something like of water saving electricity saving and all that so if all this is there in the uh, in their website you just people need to just uh, look through that and uh, there are other uh, uh, organizations as well that uh give grants for startups that work in this uh, segment one other thing is called the millennium alliance so they are uh, they have uh, they have collaborations with uh, fiki the world bank uh, and numerous other organizations hmm. so let's say if you if your the project that you're doing or the startup that you run falls into a category like uh, uh environment or uh, food ensuring that uh, food safety or uh, healthcare or education so they give you grants for that even the united nations has defined the uh, 17 sustainable development goals sdgs where which range from you know uh, poverty f- fighting poverty food water uh, education women's rights so on and so forth there are 17 defined goals mm-hmm. and if you are uh, whatever you doing falls into one of those categories that you can try to even Uh, pitch the United Nations, which is going to be really huge. So the the opportunities that from the government sector are humongous. humongous. Even there are a lot of CSR uh, heads from PSUs. Uh, uh, and if you are uh, what you're doing falls into, there are a lot of uh, uh, clauses in CSR. So you need to be very bang on as to which clause uh, what you're doing falls into. And if you're very clear about that, you can just uh, you can be 
you can be confident when you pitch to them see what i'm doing falls into this uh, so on so clause this is uh, this is why i qualify for this csr or whatever it is mm-hmm. and then you you can even get a lot of government contracts as well so we need to be more aware of uh, roshan what is the selling process like uh, like do you guys uh, sell it through your own uh, like do the companies come or maybe the consumers come uh, to you uh, for the products or do you guys have uh, a retail or a wholesale network for your product and if yes uh, how big is it so, um we do have a small uh, distributor network wherein mm-hmm. we've teamed up with the distributors in five states in the country okay so and distributors in the sense not just any person uh, who can sell the product hmm. we want to make sure that the distributors that we partner with are also doing something uh, environmentally conscious hmm. so one of our distributors is a manufacturer of uh, paper bags and we have another person who does paper straws and all that okay. so so that they understand this space uh, also and they that internally uh, helps sell as well Okay. So, and we also have uh, a lot of uh, few companies that give us a call saying that, okay, I read about your product in so and so newspaper, so and so website. Can you come over and do a demo for us? Okay. So we schedule a demo demo according to uh, to their availability and convenience. So we go down to their office, present a demo. Hmm. Uh, if they require a sample, you know, we just fix one or two samples in their apps, uh, and then we wait. for a feedback from them so this usually takes about 2 weeks maybe even more than that so after this uh, waiting period they get back to us saying that okay you know what uh the uh, even with this let's say if it's a restroom with five taps and i just i've just installed two uh products in this two of those taps even over there even that time the uh, there is a significant amount of saving so they get back to me saying that okay i really like the product it works fine so how do we go about it so i asked him what is the order quantity things like that so i mean we raised an estimate for them and that's how it goes uh so uh, roshan how important uh, for a product based company is the feedback of the customer uh, as in how uh, are you guys specifically planning to bolster your uh, customer service or maybe after sales service uh, department uh, since you guys are capital intensive and even uh, like the investment that goes into uh, the hardware space uh, and maintaining yeah. up, uh, the after sales experience is also one challenge so uh, what yeah. is the uh, like uh, measures that you guys are taking what's the feedback loop like so uh, we uh, ensure that uh, do a best venture that the customer service is absolutely spot on so whatever emails whatever calls that come to us we ensure that it's answered and replied to as soon as possible hmm. we hold hands with uh, each customer if there's any troubleshooting that they need for example if you uh, if a customer doesn't know how to install the nozzles hmm. so we do uh, we send them video links on how to install it we give them a call uh, we ask we send them uh, we ask them to send pictures of the tap so we are very very focused on ensuring that the customers are uh, we that we hold hands of the customers so that their journey is uh, very smooth 
and we really don't do not want to outsource this uh, to anybody else because this is the core of what what we believe in absolute customer we want to make sure that uh, that our customers are happy using our products uh, and uh, and that helps us grow as well so if a customer likes our products likes the product likes the service so it, it's more likely that the customer will probably suggest it to uh, to the people that they know and that's that's probably that's uh, the word of mouth will probably will help us greatly as well uh, and we've also had people who work in uh, the companies that we sold to they or they get back they reach out to me saying that okay i i saw this no- nozzle and com- my company restroom i want it uh, attached in my house so how do i go about it so when we have when we hear such great feedback uh, it's really uh, we really do not want to outsource the customer support to uh, somebody else we want to be there with the customer all the time uh, so uh, roshan you guys are currently serving the urban market uh, predominantly if i'm not wrong yes uh, so what plans are you having in terms of you know expanding the business to the say the rural areas because that is where a lot of problems have recently cropped up and it's traditionally also been there for a long long time yes yes so with our first products the with promise the nicomis uh, mm-hmm. the audience is uh, restricted the restricted to be majorly uh, to the urban sector but we are coming out with uh, something that can help uh, the rural areas as well okay. so we are trying to do something with plastic we are trying to recycle plastic uh, we are trying to uh, uh, get a replacement on the water that you use in your homes we want to we want to be able to make people to recycle that in a very cost efficient manner so we we have something that uh, in mind for that as well and all this will apply to not just uh, the urban but the rural as well so we are working on that as well um, as in the rural population is someone you know that uh, they, you can explain your product to say the urban population uh, very easily like you could show them the use cases but in uh, yes. a rural area where say the problems are a plenty even yes. uh, even in terms of having the right kind of uh, clean washrooms or maybe something like that so yes, yes. Uh, how do you plan to educate all those uh, rural area people as to how they can you know uh, use your product in a way uh, such that it helps not only them but uh, their village or maybe their district uh, at a mm. mass level yes yes um so even with uh, the products that we sell right now if, uh, we we educate uh, uh, our customers in any way possible hmm. so for especially with our b2b sales that we do for a lot of the coffee sales that we do uh, for each nozzle that we sell we give a small sticker that is pasted in, in front of the on the mirror in the washroom so that says you know this is a this tap has this nozzle fixed it saves 95% water okay. so they know that okay there is something that that's there in the tap that uh, ensures that i use less water so right from there and 
uh, we really want to work with a lot of uh, NGOs and other such organizations that have uh, experience working with uh, the rural uh, market with the, with the rural people because uh, for me i've not i do not have experience or in working with rural people on how to educate them so mm-hmm. probably if i can uh, collaborate and tie up with lot of ngos who do work on who do work with uh, rural people uh, that would be a great uh, way to educate them Uh, so since the first investor in Earth Focus was uh, Mr. Arun's neighbor Najiba Zabib, uh, how yes. much do you think uh, friends and family, or maybe even the neighbors, play a role in the success of an uh, entrepreneur or maybe a startup? So it again comes down to uh, asking the right questions. Mm-hmm. Uh, in in case of Earth Focus, the idea didn't come to us, and then we approached. uh najiba zabir or anybody so it yeah. was approached it, it came the other way around for us so we were sort of lucky with that because we didn't have to chase behind the idea it the came to us actually came to you yes yes exactly hmm. um so but uh, when you are talking with your uh, friends and family and you talk to them about this great idea that you that you think you have and whatever hmm. uh you probably might get a biased response saying that uh, you know your parents or your friends or relatives or anybody they may just agree to what you're saying so that they don't hurt your feelings so it comes down to how you to how you frame your uh, question so if you just ask them okay i have this idea do you think it's good chances are that they're just going to say it's good just to make you happy hmm. uh but when you frame the question in the right way as to let's say uh do you face this problem every day so for example uh if i if i had to pitch uh if i had to pitch up focus's idea the nozzle's idea to my uh uh to my friends and family i would not go on and tell them that you know i have i have this idea for a water saver that saves 95% water would you use it they probably would have just said yes without even asking what the product was hmm. so i would ask them uh, questions like do you notice how much water is being wasted uh when you wash your dishes or wash your hands do you close your taps when you brush your teeth do you close your taps when you uh, when you're switching between dishes when you wash so questions like this would probably uh, make them think on how much water is being wasted when in in the taps at homes hmm. uh, and that would have probably gotten me a a, a more uh, non biased response from them rather than just me talking about the idea directly to them hmm. Uh, so Roshan, who are the Am I allowed to name them? Yeah, sure. Sure. So we have one competitor. Uh, it's called the Alter Nozzle. That's a Sweden-based company. Uh, their savings are very similar to the uh, savings that we have, but their product is priced really high. It's close to three thousand rupees for one nozzle, whereas ours is priced at six hundred and sixty rupees. So when I can buy four nozzles for the cost of one nozzle and that, so that's 
the pricing is something that we really stand out when when i compare it to that and there are uh, a lot of other uh, plastic nozzles available the they save about 50% 60% 40% 70% but uh, again the savings are not as good as ours that's one and they are made of out of plastic which frankly i as a company we don't want to generate a new plastic waste by going into plastic even though i can make plastic nozzles much much cheaper than what i am doing with brass right now but we don't want to do that because we are going to generate new plastic waste and that doesn't solve the problem at all uh, so that's where we stand out uh, in terms of our product mm. it's a premium product that is priced at a very uh, that's nominally priced mm. so roshan uh, how much uh, of a role does cost the cost of a product play in the success like you could um, create a product that has a huge market you know opportunity to explore but uh what are the things that one should focus on specifically in the hardware uh, or maybe the product space uh for yes. people uh, in terms of pricing what are the measures that one should take to you know ensure that uh, you have a constant mm. revenue but at mm. the same time you position yourself in such a way in terms of pricing that uh, the customer finds you uh, to be the only and maybe the most affordable option in the market for their needs so what's the uh, key uh, measures that one should take to specifically go ahead with the right kind of pricing and business model yeah so how i uh, went about the pricing of our products was so we had to ensure that uh, our margins were taken care of in terms of uh, the Uh, the production cost the raw materials cost uh, there's probably going to be an inflation of uh, pricing so we had to account for that uh, we had to account for the rejections and the waste uh, mm. and the scrap that's going to come out uh, and then since we we are looking to partner with uh, dealers and distributors so we had to ensure that their margins are take, taken care of as well mm. so putting all this together that's how we formulated the price for uh our analysis uh and pricing really does play a very huge uh, role because um when when a lot of cases when i have gone for demos uh, people tell me okay you know 550 rupees is uh, pretty high for the uh, for such a small nozzle okay. uh, there are plastic nozzles that are available mm-hmm. but then uh, i tell them uh, the value that this product gives you is so much more higher than what you get from plastic nozzle a plastic nozzle will just uh, last one year or so whereas my nozzle will last you five five years easily so the value that you get from even though the upfront cost for a plastic nozzle is, is much cheaper when it comes to uh, the life and the value my product is so much more higher that's where i pitch, i tell them about the value that my product gives and that really convinces them hmm. uh so uh, roshan as in you guys uh, are a co-founder team that has known each other since uh, your college days so how much uh, do you think uh, you know uh, relationships cultivated in college uh, play a role in the success of an entrepreneur as in uh, how can a startup be adversely affected or maybe benefit from the pre-existing mm-hmm. relationship between uh, 
two people who have known each other for the longest time um so there's really no uh, short shot way of knowing if uh, if the co-founders that you choose will be the right fit or not hmm. uh, just because i've known uh, arun for uh, four, four years before five years before we started out the venture uh, that doesn't mean that we would necessarily make good business partners hmm. uh, and just because you started out with a person as you know professionally that doesn't mean that you know that will not be a very successful venture hmm. uh, So there's really no short short way of finding out until unless you try it out but uh, in terms of understanding each other uh, how each other how we work uh, what is our uh, what is the style of our uh, work and all that that is that is proved to be a little bit effective but not much so um, i wouldn't say that you know just because you known each other for so many years if you start a company everything will be uh, you know it won't be a bed of roses then Hmm. Absolutely. It's like you should you should connect with your co-founder on an emotional uh, level, emotional intelligence level. So there's because when you're friends with someone, it's something else. When it comes down to business, it's it's something else. Hmm. So uh, even with me and Arun, there have been a lot of uh, discussions, arguments, fights. But that doesn't. Uh, I don't. I don't think in my mind. Oh my God, he's my friend, and he said this to me. He doesn't think that. or uh, being uh, he's my, he's been my friend for five years uh, he doesn't understand me all of that drama doesn't come into play when it comes to business it is purely business uh, so yeah this i i really don't know uh, a short short way of knowing if the co-founders that you choose are the right fit so uh, roshan what uh, apart from that what are the legal implications that uh, you know one has to go through uh while creating a product um, like uh, when they're setting up a manufacturing unit or maybe uh, some kind of startup that has strategy behind it so what's the whole legal procedure uh, for a product startup like and how should one go about it how to avoid the common pitfalls and like what are the best ways to show that uh, a product startup doesn't get entailed in a legal battle mm-hmm. something like that like there are cases of intellectual property and even uh, trademarks and stuff like that so your opinion on that um so uh, this is when uh, outsourcing really helped us a lot because uh, setting up our own manufacturing unit would have proved to be really very difficult and uh, very uh, capital expensive as well because uh, the machines that uh, our manufacturers use cost anywhere between 50 lakhs to 1 crore so hmm. setting up something like that would be would have been impossible for us hmm. so when i look for a manufacturer i see that you know what are the certificates that that manufacturer has things like bis iso certificates the standards that they follow so i ensure that our uh, the manufacturer has these in, has, has these certificates and so that uh, that safeguards as as well and in terms of the raw materials that goes into the product so uh the brass that we use uh, has the the lead content of the brass has to be very very minimal mm. so there are set standards on that uh okay. as well international standards that we have to follow mm. so each time we procure the brass rods from our uh, dealer mm. we get a signed certificate from them saying that you know what is the lead content what is the copper content what is the uh, other 
what is basic basically what is the chemical composition of the brass rod so all these things are uh, we we maintain a record of all these things so that uh, it basically safeguards us okay uh, so, so yeah. uh, roshan uh, on a closing note what are the expansion plans on the roadmap moving forward for earth focus and how do you plan to scale it further like uh, the current uh, position of the company and how do you see it uh, in the next 5 to 6 years or so so in the next 5 to 6 years or so i we really want to uh, right now people uh, think that we just a company that makes these water saving nozzles but we are so much more than that we want to be in the earth space which is land water and air hmm. so our next the forthcoming solutions are going to be centered around one or more of these things these sectors hmm. uh we really want to be uh, a, a core r&d uh, team where we have uh, a dedicated team working on uh, different different solutions coming out with ideas working with um, uh, you know even uh, students kids as well so that Uh, even we are educated as to uh, how important uh, environmental conservation is uh, uh, yeah that's how i see uh, our focus coming out with more uh, solutions working with people working with uh, even working with rural people working with uh, organizations ngos working with schools colleges uh, educating uh, people on environmental conservation yeah Uh, so on a uh, funny note i wanted to ask if you guys are actually planning to go to the moon now that the chandrayaan 2 has you know recently landed there so yes. do you have any plans to even go to the moon um not as of yet but i don't know i don't know where life uh, where it's going to take us but hopefully we go there yeah sure Uh, so roshan it was nice having you here and uh, thank you uh, a lot for your time and uh, for educating the future entrepreneurs in terms of your experience and knowledge as an entrepreneur and it was really nice having you here thank you so much manan and thank you for giving me this opportunity to share whatever small expertise that i could and it was really great uh, being a part of the podcast being a part of the podcast being a part of the podcast <laughs>